Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming Season 2. This is the Penny Bloom Podcast, and I am Colton Robertson. I am joined today by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Game of Thrones Season 2 kicks off today for us on our rewatch, and I am so very excited because this was one hell of a season premiere. Season 2, Episode 1, titled The North Remembers, written by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed by Alan Taylor, a very familiar name now, as he directed the last couple episodes as well, the finale mm. and Episode 9. So he he went on a little bit of a run here, Alan Taylor. He's doing a good job, um, if, I, if I had to say so myself. Um, if I had to say so myself, I tend to agree. He's had yeah. some of my favorite episodes of the entire show. Yeah, he, I don't know, th- this was quite the perfect premiere of a season. Uh, to kick off a season, to introduce some new characters, uh, you know, we get uh, Melisandre, you get Davos, you get Stannis. Is this the first Stannis? Or actually, it is. Yeah. It is. Like, you get all of Stannis, you get, um, let's see, who else is new-new? Is there anyone else new-new other than Stannis' crew? I don't think so. Maybe that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. But uh, we also, I mean, Craster. Oh, well, yeah, Craster. Yeah, in the north, I guess would be the other thing. But like, you know, yeah, you get some some cool people introduced, and then also you get, uh, you know, checking in on where we left off with everyone last season. You know, it's like you get every single corner of the realm. Um, covered as as uh, there's a king in every corner, as as Cat uh, would say uh, later on in this episode. So I don't know. Yeah, this was uh, war has begun, and we're seeing it everywhere. And I don't know. It was, it was a perfect premiere. It's actually very interesting. On the Blu-ray box set, each case is a season. It's got eight cases, one season per mm. little DVD case, and each one of them has a different phrase on the front. Uh, the first season was you win or you die. And the second is war is coming. You win or you die. The second is war is coming. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. War isn't already here. I thought so. I thought it was already here. Maybe like the true war. I guess it was, it was promotional material as well. True. So like prior to season two happening, war would have been coming. Mm. Once season two got here, war was here. So there's there's the way to look at it. But uh, it was also a nice short one compared to a lot of uh, a lot of Game of Thrones episodes. This is only yeah. fifty three minutes. 
I was looking at the the time bar at the bottom, and I'm like, yeah, you, you know, we're checking in. I'm like, yeah, I got like, I don't know, ten five, you know, five ten minutes left, and then it just was over right then and there, um, because it was just the, the end of it. They had like the director's cut and stuff that I never account for, um, oh, and and yeah, it was like a, a lot quicker, but um, it got a lot in there, um, oh, surprisingly. So yeah, not not uh, complaining, not complaining. Um, at, at, for the quickness. Um, no, it was, uh, this is, what's crazy enough is this was like kind of my ideal Thrones episode, mm. especially for a season premiere, kind of getting us reacquainted with every place we're going to be, every storyline. There was a series of like 25 to 30 minutes where every time we cut to a new place, we were with new characters who hadn't appeared in this season premiere yeah. yet. And it was just like, holy shit, the amount of storylines that we are just bouncing around and all of it being connected and understanding the connections between the storylines more than I ever have. It's it's a whole different experience watching the show week by week, episode by episode. It's so nice. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is it's been crazy rewatching this and actually um Thinking about like, you know, where everyone is, what is actually going on, um, like behind the scenes, you know, what's going on off camera, sort of thing, and mm. um, it's been, I don't know, I, I've I've been understanding the show so much better than I ever have, um, and it's like it's only making the show better. I already held this show as like, I mean. I, 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 I always struggle to find a better show overall than Game of Thrones for how long they were good for. You know, it was good from the jump, and they just didn't slow down. And I don't know of another show that was that good for that long. And just kind of kept elevating, yeah. too. Like it just kept I, think, better, yeah, better better. I think I'm comfortable saying it's the best show of all time. Even with, to me. even with even with shaky landing in the eyes of man, yeah. it's the best show of all time. That's the that's the only th- bad thing you can say about the show. Like the only bad, you know, I guess a little um, misogynistic in the, in the beginning, you know, a little in poor taste in in in, in some things. I guess that that was like 2011 though, which is yeah, no, that's crazy. crazy. It's way it's earlier other, than I thought. The only other uh, show I could consider going, like, yeah, that's probably the only one I'd hear out is The Sopranos, which mm. was 1999 Ooh, to 2007. Okay, okay yeah. Uh, that is fair. I like that. Uh, different different shows. Like, di- good, they can't, I don't know, can compare on the level of, like, how just good they are, but they're so different in, like... Possible to compare. Yeah, it's like, you, in one episode of Thrones, you might spend $10 million, you know, on, on the production, and then The Sopranos is just great masterly written you know storylines that are performed to peak potential you know like that's the greatness of the sopranos and game of thrones is just like the fantasy while actually having good actors play roles where dragons are on screen and and everything like that so god it's wonderful Mm. how what do you say we uh Mm. get into something of a scene by scene breakdown of the season two premiere, the North remembers, and boy, does it. Yeah. 
I would like I would like a scene by scene breakdown. Where are we where are we starting in this episode? We are starting at that sicko's home of the Sheep. When you and Tavares were going on about Walter Frey a couple weeks ago and about that giant room full of people and how he uh every child every person in that room was his kid and you were talking about how they're not just his daughters, they're his wives. Mm-hmm. I I could have swore it was just this guy. I did not. I did not know Frey was about it like that. Uh, I is. I don't know. Are we right in thinking that? I didn't know. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't chime in because both of you were very insistent and you seemed very confident. Because I mean, every single person that spoke called him father. Every single. But that one. doesn't mean he fucked every single person in there. Because, like, they would still be noble ladies and stuff, and he talks to, talks shit to one guy about how his mother would still be a fucking milkmaid. Okay. Wait. Yeah, I think that's... he just fucks that many women. Because the way they talk about this guy... Knights Watch Brothers, who are not the most noble people. That's true. I don't. I don't think Rob would have had a single fucking qualm pulling up and going ahead and taking the twins if that's what Frey was on. You know what I'm saying? Like he's disgusting and he's nasty. Okay. The Frey family tree. Oh my god! I think there's only like five women. Every That's single member of the house of Frey accepts proposals. There's like eight chicks there, and some he, of them are his granddaughters. Every single Frey member comes from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten women. The, oh. That's the top generation of women. All of those, just ten women. Every single person. So, okay. Wait, so I guess some people in that room were his grandchildren and, and his great and nephews and grandchildren and niece. Wait, were his, I guess, oh, I see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them were his sisters, while three oh. of them were were not. I see. And the three that were not do not have any children. <laughs> the three women that he was married to do not have any children. All of the children come from his sisters. So he was hooking up with his sisters? Only his sisters. And you're positive they were his sisters? If this family tree is to be believed, because former... The, I I mean, oh, yeah. Or is that not sister? What is this bastard Walter? Mer- those are his kids. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait, no. Those are, his, those are his wives. Those were the ladies he hooked up with. 
okay, to create so these, those children. Okay, so these aren't his sisters at all. Oh yeah, they all have la- different. Oh wait, they would they would have had the same last name. They would have been yeah. Frey already. Yeah. So okay, Blackwood went. Yeah, they're all different houses. Okay. So I guess he just hooked up with the different houses. Well, that's the other thing like that's different like lord, ladies. That House Frey is like known for is that they are just so extremely fertile. Wow, they have dude is just kids. Dude's just pumping. I mean, pumping them out. I, those women. Oh my god, I feel so bad. He's disgusting. He's a disgusting man. But I wanted to say that no matter how disgusting Walder Frey is, at least he's not this disgusting. I guess this this guy is confirmed only they to openly be fucking his daughters. Yeah, and he's okay with it. As soon as they started talking about, about it, it here, I was like, ain't no way Catelyn not bringing that up about his daughters. You know what I'm saying? When he says you're going to have to marry one, she wouldn't have even accepted that proposal. They would have been completely fine you're right. taking that house, I think. Fair. Yeah, but but this there's a reason he's north of the wall. That man um, is fucking crazy. Yeah, so, uh, he can only do this in the land where there is no laws. Like th- this is where this man has to be, and that's why he says my roots are deep. You know, he's like I'm not going anywhere because I can't. He can't go anywhere. Um, yeah, that dude sucks. Dude, and like the uh, the amount of foreshadowing when they first show up is fucking amazing. Uh, you know, they all pull up to Craster's Keep, having passed several abandoned wildling villages, and uh, John, Gren, uh, Dolores, Ed, and Samwell are all very, very disgusted by Craster here, as he has many a daughter, and oh, he doesn't like when anyone touches his daughter. Well, nobody likes when he, he doesn't like when you touch his wife. Yep. They are all his daughters and they are all his wives. Uh, and Dolores Ed makes the comment, there are no wildlings anywhere for miles. He must be doing something right. Immediately after, John chimes in, what happens to his sons? And people are like, they look at John like, what do you mean, dude? They looked at him kind of like, well, what do you mean? And it's kind of like, so, well, well, 50% of the time, this dude's popping out a boy. Yeah. So, I, I, they looked at John like he was crazy saying that. You know, I don't know, for a little bit. And then they were kind of like, oh, yeah, wait a minute. Oh, but I don't care. And then they just I continued think they just on. looked at him because they're all fucking idiots. Uh, I guess they're... John is... Very brought up in a castle. Him and Sam are the only were smart. Yeah, Gren and, that's Gren and Dolores Ed are like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah, he just marries his daughters and fucks them and just keeps marrying his daughters. Duh. Like, what are you talking about, What's sons? Is this the first time we meet Dolores Ed? Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Sam is, uh, wait, is that, is that Sam's future? Um, no, that's Gilly. Gilly. Talking about Wait, the who's homie, this? The homie with Gren, John, and Sam who explains who Craster is. He's in the show for the rest of the fucking time. Wait. Who's... And is like one of John's best friends. I think I just kind of took for granted that he wasn't around. 
I think he kind of filled in the spot that Pip usually is in. It's uh, Edison Tullet, Dolores Ed. Edison Tullet. Let's see if I just I just need the face. Oh, as um, soon as you see him, Edison Tullet. Is that his real name? No, that's his character name. But he also oh. goes by Dolores Ed. He's a. Uh, he's what? played by Ben Crompton. Ben Crompton. Yeah, Ben Crompton, Game of Thrones. Oh! Oh! Wait. This is his first appearance? Yeah. Homie wasn't in season one. Why did they just kind of... Slide him just in? Kinda, yeah, he just really slid in. I love wow. it. it was so he, just, he just felt right at home? He did? Okay, wow, yeah. One of the he... things I loved about these scenes up at the up in the north is that Kit Harrington has absolutely come into his own as Jon Snow. There was a gravity to, to his performance that he just didn't have in season one. I don't know mm. if he just got better at acting, but uh, like very quickly, I felt much more like gravitated and magnified, mag, magnetized by uh, Kit Harrington's performance. Yeah, he of, is uh, Jon Snow. Snow now. Like, yeah, I don't know, he, and he's, I don't know, one of my, he's having just a lot of great moments. Like, he's learning just so many lessons right now, so many valuable lessons that he, um, it's so cool just just knowing where he goes, you know, and like, that whenever I'm first watching these lessons that he's learning, I'm just taking at very face value. That's like, yeah, he's learning this lesson, he's just a guy at the wall, you know, whatever. Well, that was the crazy thing about season one is that like episode three and like four, pretty prominent. Uh, like mm. the first three episodes, I would say he was pretty prominent. But then it's like one scene here and there up at the wall. They'll show what John's up to. And that was kind of it every time they went back up there. So it was, uh, it's just crazy to see the the arc that that character ends up going on. But uh, Craster tells Gior Mormont that he has not seen the missing Benjamin Stark. And he's like, and I'm I'm glad I haven't either. Doesn't exactly respect me. The fact that this dude's so fucking high and mighty and is potentially the biggest creep we ever meet is just the weirdest dichotomy a character has going on. And I know that he has resources they need. So he's taking full advantage of that. But But man, is he taking advantage of them too? He's so greedy. He's so... That's a cool axe. What is it? Is, is, and then, like, Lord Command, like, he's like, all right, just give it here. He knows. He he literally knows that he's like, all right, he wants it. Like, I don't know. It's it's just, he's asking for the little axe. He's asking for, what else? What else? I, um, I swear he Food. just just kept asking. Wine. Wine. wine for, oh, yeah, over and over. You, you bring any more of that wine? Just, like, four times in a row. Like, this dude is just annoying and just moral everything wrong wrong that's the best word for this guy i think he is just wrong um fucking lamo yeah but, uh, yeah he reports that a bunch of wildlings are assembling under the king mm-hmm. beyond the wall mance raider who was once a crow and is now the king beyond the wall and he's like gr mormont being like oh what's he the king of a fucking frozen lake I like that uh, John gets to like appreciate Mance Raider on like a whole other level, and Gior's so damn dismissive of him. 
That's mm. what's cool about uh, just like the way Gior handles Craster and responds to a guy like Mance Raider. It's clear that he's a good leader, but he's not a great leader. He's not like the perfect leader for them. Mm. It's just interesting mm. to see because like a perfect leader yeah. goes ahead and probably does something about Craster taking advantage of them so fucking thoroughly and just goes, well, let's spare the pain of so many fucking people. Do they know? Because, like, isn't he gives his sons up to the walkers. Like Dior the, does know that. I forgot about that. So, like... Lord Commander Mormont does know that. Which he is knows why. that. And doesn't, does Mance Raider know that? I'm not sure. Does Mance Raider know, like, know about Caster at all? I'm not sure. Like, does he, like, fuck with him at all? Like, is he, like, involved at all, you know? Or is he just kind of, like, is, is, is it Cast Craster? There's Craster. There. Yeah, Craster. Is Craster just, like, chill with the White Walkers, and that's why everyone around him is dead? Because everyone else just got killed by the Whites, and then, you know, boom. No, everyone, I think everyone fled. Okay. Because they knew that there was a person there who was literally attracting White Walkers. Yeah. Like literally calling them to their area. Okay. So, yeah, I guess... Hmm. The Lord Commander knows that? Oh, yeah. That's not even what I was going for. I didn't know that he... How did... How does... He knows? Yeah. That comes up later. Uh, not sure how much later, but he he knows. Wait, for, like, how long? Like, he's known before this? It's, it's why he's acting the way he acts, yeah. Like, it's the, it's the reason he kisses his fucking boots, because they need the resources here, and it's the only stop for miles before there's nothing forever. Oh, my God. What? How is this? But he's, like... Am I remembering wrong that he kind of like dismissed the threat of the White Walkers? Like a little bit? Or was no. he like always a firm he's, believer? He's the one who tells uh he never outright says it, but he's the one who tells like Tyrion, like, there's a threat to the north. Tell your sister we need men. Mm. You know, like uh Okay, so he's never been a doubt he's never been doubtful. No. Okay. Especially after a dead man literally woke up and jawed him. I knew that, but I thought before that happened, he was like, I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll protect the... No I don't know why I remember, like, a line where he... I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing him with someone else, I think. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, regardless, John is not very responsive to Craster being the way he is. He's uh, He challenges him a little bit. Uh, this dude is just so fucking demanding and demeaning when he is talking to Mormont. So John's just like, I don't know how you're fucking dealing with this. He argues with him. He pokes fun at him. Uh, and Craster's like, yo, if this motherfucker even looks at my daughters, I'm going to gouge his eyes out. Mm. You're prettier than half my daughters. Well, Half your daughters are born of half your daughters. Ooh. 
Ooh, yeah. Probably more than half his daughter more than half of his daughters are born from of his, his daughters. daughters. All of his daughters are wait. Yeah. Did he start with his who did he start with? Yeah, he couldn't have started with a daughter. I have a that's feeling impo- that that's impossible. Home. That's impossible to start with a daughter. But I guess maybe maybe it was just one and done. Get a daughter in What a terrible terrible. I don't even want to look up the 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 no. Craster family no. tree. But I, no I have I I'll do it on my other monitor so you don't have to see. <laughs> but uh Craster uh refers to them as Southerners and John argues him here again as well. We're not Southerners. He's like, you're from below the wall. That makes you a Southerner. And uh, Gior reprimands John. He's like, yeah, he may be nasty, but the Night's Watch needs him. His information and shelter have helped them many times before. And Mormont asks John if someday he wants to lead. And he tells him first he needs to learn to follow. And uh, mm. that was a kick-ass line. That was a kick-ass that- scene was the line that I put initially for like that was the line I put right away it was kind of I guess middle of the episode ish that we're that were um here up in up in the north um I can't I don't know I think I'll wait on the other one until we get there um just to see but this one was really strong um and I think John is is beginning to appreciate him being the steward of the lord commander now Mm. like he saw it as 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 uh an embarrassment you know like i can't believe i'm not going north of the wall i can't believe i'm not going to be a uh what are they called ranger yeah ranger but now that he is north of the wall going to find benjen you know for that you know that it's part of you know their mission it's like He's like, okay, now we're now we're getting moving. I, I get behind yeah. you. He's the Lord uh, Commander's right hand man, and he yeah. knows it. He takes advantage of like he takes advantage of his position. He talks back to Craster, you know, like nobody else talks back to Craster, mm. you know, like uh. And there's a part of that that's like John's too honorable. He was raised by Ned Stark. He can't stand to watch this happen. But like, there's also the part where like he knows he's in a position where he can do that and not get absolutely reamed out or even killed you know like uh mm-hmm. he takes advantage of his position i really love it and kid harrington's just already coming to his own as john snow so fully and he even grows even more in the role so uh very very strong scenes up there up north but that concludes the storyline at craster's keep mm-hmm. okay and with there that we, we will move on to king's landing where King Joffrey is holding his name day celebration. And uh, he watches as the hound throws a dude over off a balcony, absolutely face plants, gets his remains dragged off the concrete, blood smearing the pavement. Joffrey, so much blood. So excited to see it. Well struck. What do you think, Sansa? Well struck, Your Grace. That's what I said. She's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and this is the sort of thing that Yeesh. made me pick the line I picked in the finale of season one. The whole uh, 
when she he's like maybe i'll bring you my maybe i'll bring you your brother's head and she's like maybe he'll bring me yours she's a little done you know she's clever she knows how to say the right things get under his skin without without it being mm. like directly i like, see that's the most threatening she gets you know yeah it's complying with the rules but being kind of snarky about it at the same time and it's perfect like because oh my god is joffrey just the worst the only thing that i think i've agreed with so far is him redecorating the throne room um i actually do think it looks it it does look pretty badass like with all like the heart like i don't know i think i do agree if if i were a king I would want a pretty badass throne room, but then the rest of the castle would be like, uh, just kind of chillax. Interesting um, that that's what Robert decided to do with it. Yeah, I wonder if that was a Cersei thing. Um, it might have been. It because been I feel like Robert just wouldn't have given a shit no, about it. You know, I feel like he's like, I don't care. Um, he probably would have just been like, get the dragon skulls out of here and beyond that. Fuck it. We're cool. Uh, yeah, you know, you probably did leave that up to Cersei. That's a fair. That's a fair assumption. But uh, yeah, regardless, uh, not uh, he's not pleased with Sansa, and Sansa's kind of toying with him as much as she can get away with. And uh, he is uh, irritated when Sir Dantos Hollard arrives a bit late and a bit <laughs> drunk, uh, and he offers him. He's like, "You drunk, man?" He's like, "I've had two cups of wine." He's like, two cups, have a third, have a fourth. You know what? Marin Trant, again, sick fuck, smacked Sansa across the face a couple times. I remember we, we talked about that, and you uh, you still don't remember what makes him this, one of the sickest fucks in the show, and I will continue to hold that back. But uh, God, I, it's, just not, it's still not hitting. It's, oh, it's, it's still just it's, not hitting. We'll, we'll get there, but uh, uh, it'll be a while, but we'll get there. But how... How, how did they take this? Joffrey did not say to kill the man. Joffrey did not, you know, he He was just make make sure he drinks his fill. And they were like, cool, we're going to, we're going to waterboard him. I was like, what the fuck? It's like Joffrey took them aside one day and said, take everything I say in the most fucked up way possible. He just said, do whatever you want to that person. If, if I say any line that's like, all right, a little snarky at the guy, you could just do whatever you want with that person. I don't care. Like, I, I, yeah, it has to be. Um, the, okay. I feel, um, the connection that the Targaryens have to their dragon and the Starks have to their wolves, Joffrey has to his just bitch ass incel guards. Yeah. Um, Every single, he has like, the he has like ultimate incel powers. It's he incel like, hive mind. Yeah. Um, that's what they got going on. So, no, yeah, you're probably it's, right. It's it's lore. It, it's 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 lore. I remember it in the books now. Insane actually, insane lore drop. Insane yeah. lore drop. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Sansa goes ahead and, and chimes in. You can't. And he's like, "What the fuck did you just say? You said I can't." Sansa's I'll like, it's bad luck words. to kill a guy on your name day. Mm. And he's like, that's fucking dumb. I'll kill who I want, okay? And I love the way the hound, again, Coming in clutch. chiming in. Subtle I mean, little subtle little things hinting us at the fact that he's going to be a good guy. 
the hound could have just made that up. Because, like, Sansa, Sansa could have, like, panicked and been like, it's bad luck. Like, she could have panicked, and the hound was like, yep, it is bad luck, man. Like, I literally think that's what he, like, and that's just... I think that's, that's what happens. Man. I think that's because sick. I think Sansa panicked because she said, you can't, and then was like, oh, I gotta come up with something. And then the hound's like, it's true, your grace. Whatever a man reaps on his, na- whatever a man sows on his name day, he reaps for the whole hey, year. Quick with it, hound. Hey, you know, came up with that pretty quick i'm not and joffrey's like you're a man i trust you uh okay you're right He's oh, a fool. that is the only reason oh man that's like all like i don't know why i didn't realize how much joffrey hated women before um oh. like it's insane like how just open like it, he just says it just it's like outright it's not even like it's not even that you have to imply that he is. I mean, obviously, the stuff he says and, like, his actions, you can put it together pretty easily. But, like, I mean, he literally, like, just openly is like, yeah, women just don't think right. They're he just talks to like, the North. He talks about the North and says <laughs> they value their women too much. I don't know how I just didn't pick. Like, he literally says it out loud. I think you just recognize that he's such a shit person Mm. that it's like, of course, that's just another thing. I I think it's more that, like, I don't think we realize just how much of it is centered on that. Like, uh, the the emphasis on women is just hard, a lot bigger than I thought for some reason. But I I mean, the hate is still here. It's just even stronger now. um, It's very specific. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah. Joffrey calls the calls Dantos a fool, and uh, Sansa's like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." That's exactly it. He'll make a great fool instead of being uh, instead of being like a quick death. Go ahead and make him your fool; it'll be perfect. And uh, Joffrey does make this happen, and uh, Dantos returns a couple times and returns for one of the most important scenes in all of Game of Thrones. Uh, when Joffrey dies, he sneaks Sansa out of the city. Yo, the D- Sansa saved his life. That that's kind of sick. Cool, super cool. Hey, I mean, I mean, fair enough. If I, you know, was about to fight in a turn, about about to get, she, he was about to die there. That's why he was drunk in the first place. Oh yeah, because he knew he was about to die. So he's like, all right, might as well go out. You know, yeah, I'm going out like that. Um, and this dude is like, well, I'm dying either way. Sansa saved my life here. I might as well. Might as well get her out of here now that this bitch-ass Joffrey's dead. Like, thank God. But, mm. Sees a sad demise as well. But The, pur- the purple wedding. I like that. I don't know. I, uh, I like just a, a color wedding. We have the green, green wedding, wedding. The purple wedding. The red wedding. The red one just still hits hard. It just still hurts. It's a sad too one. Much. Especially, it's going to hurt even worse upon just week after week watching this. But uh, right after this, when he agrees to make Dantos his fool, Tyrion pulls up, arriving back in King's Landing for the first time since Tywin sent him there. And uh, Joffrey's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, don't worry, my nephew. There is work to be done. And he's like, what work are you doing? Uh, super fucking funny. And the scene between him and Sansa here, incredibly strong. 
uh, mm. where, you know, he's like, I'm sorry for your loss. And Joffrey chimes in, you're sorry for her loss. Yeah, her, her father loss. Was yeah, like, he's like, he's so blind. You know, he's just like, her loss. What are you talking about? That's a traitor, idiot. So she's happy that he's dead. Yeah, and Tyrion's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, your dad just died. Think you'd have a little bit of empathy about this sort of thing. And he looks at Sansa like, I don't know, babe. Should I have empathy about it? What do you think? Yeah, uh, I love just Tyrion rolling up too. He's like, Misty on the battlefield. Where were you at, little, you know? Like, I just, bitch. God, Tyrion is, he's just so good. Um, Outstanding. I'll let, I'll let it. Sansa tells him directly. You know, my father was a traitor. Joffrey is my king. I'm more than happy to be here with him. And the way Tyrion's like, of course you are. You know, like, uh, he's like, he sees so clearly through it. He knows what this girl's going through. It's just so, like, it's so sad. And, uh, it's just all the more powerful the way Tyrion ends up where he ends up. Makes me so much more happy. But, uh, I'm declaring it now. This dude's getting the performance for the episode. Ooh, um, good choice. Good he choice. had to do so many different things this episode, and it's actually nuts. And I, kind of, I, I was wait, I was gonna wait to say it after, but I actually want to like put the emphasis on it now to show that he had to show like love and compassion with Shay in the freaking bedroom. You know, like actually, it was cute, a nice cute moment between them. Um, he had to just absolutely flame the fuck out of Cersei. He had to come in, kind of flame Joffrey too. Um, I don't know. Dude just absolutely popped off. Um, was funny, was serious, was meaningful, was the city makes harsh. me want to fuck. The country did too. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, hey, it seems that Tyrion, he, he does, he makes he's the women happy. Uh, he's, he he's, pretty, he's good at his job. He's a pleasing man. Um, so, he's a giver. I think he, he's got, I don't know. He's he's my number one character right now in the whole show, probably other than than Rob right now. Like it's it's Rob and Tyrion. Like the the same feelings I have for the King of the North, I'm having for like Tyrion at the Tyrion's same time. You know, man. it's it's an incredible character. But uh, Tyrion heads straight to a small council session where they are uh, discussing the Conclave's announcement that the long summer has ended, the longest summer in living memory. Uh, the, the imagery you know, was interesting been. here with like the bird they brought in that represented the summer was over and like yeah, Cersei being behind the cage the whole time. Super cool framing. Yeah. Um, which was interesting. Like, I guess why is she caged up right now? You know, like what would, like why? I, Tyrion I, I was just sent in to mm. hold her back. Hold her down because she's the disappointment Maybe child she feels right now. Backed into a corner, I guess. Like she, because she's the disappointing child now. She doesn't have Jamie. Uh, she lost. There's only so much she can yeah. do to control her child, who is the king, mm. because he's such a loose fucking cannon. So she, she's not really in a position of power on any side, and it's uh, Jamie's gone. She's just, she's just feeling like she's trapped. That's a good catch. You know, I, I I noticed the framing, but I didn't think about it as a as a metaphorical sense. But yeah, for sure. Because yeah, I was, so, I was always, I was just 
I noticed the frame, and I'm like, oh, that was just a cool shot. And then I'm like, well, wait, like, I wonder... There's probably a reason behind that. Yeah, like, putting her behind a cage, but... Hmm. No, yeah, you're right. But, uh... Cersei orders the city gates be closed to refugees. She's like, you know what? Yeah, we got enough wheat for the next five years. And the way Peter says it, you know, well, if we if the winter's longer than five years, we'll have less uh we'll have less common folk. Eesh. Um that's rough. I mean uh, Jano Slint chiming in. Good old Janos being like, hey, and, uh, you know, limited housing, tons of people, refugees coming from the war. What are we going to do about that? Cersei's like, shut the gates. They don't belong here. <laughs> we won't, we won't accept them at all. Oh, How about that? okay. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. It's interesting to see where we're going with this. Uh, but, uh, Cersei doesn't care. She, no. Not Just, one bit. Man, Tyrion yeah. pulls up, gives her a kiss on the cheek. Hello, sister. It is good to see you. He goes ahead and takes a seat like he belongs there. They're like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, the hand of the king should attend these <laughs> meetings, shouldn't he? And everyone like looks at each other like, this man's gotta be fucking with us, right? Like the way Varys like accepts the letter from him and like looks at everybody like, okay. All right. Mm. And then he reads it and he's like, uh, well, Tyrion is going to be handed the king while Tywin's away fighting. <laughs> he knew, he knew Cersei was about to blow up. Like, he knew it was coming because right when she says, out, all of you, he literally is like, yeah, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah, yep, like, yeah, okay, yep, knew that was good. He's everyone, just puts the everyone stands up, bows, <laughs> walks on out. Fucking fantastic. <laughs> uh, and she's like, what? How did you trick our father into this? And, uh, if I could I trick like, our father, I, I would like, be the emperor. Away. Yeah, I'd be the emperor or, or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, I'd be the emperor of the world yeah. <laughs> if I was able to trick our father. Ugh. And, uh, you know, he, he convinces her that he is there to simply act as an advisor. He's not there to rule. He will advise the king. Joffrey is the king. Uh, he even goes as far as to, uh, criticize her for failing to rein in Joffrey. You know, she's made a lot of poor decisions, mm -hmm. according to many, uh, according to her father, specifically, particularly the execution of Ned Stark. They've lost their, they had three pieces to trade. One is dead. One they cannot find. So now they have Arya Stark in exchange for Jamie Lannister or Sansa Stark Sansa. In, in exchange for Jamie Lannister. But, uh, mm. yeah, that's, he, I don't know. It, like whenever he he was saying, um, like, you know, you let him kill Ned. Like, what the fuck? And Cersei was just like, "Well, I tried to stop it." And then he was like, just like, "Exactly." Well, tried. Yeah, he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah, like, um, I don't know. It, it's just it, interesting him coming in and being like, "Yeah, we're losing the war." And Cersei being like, "What the fuck do you know about war?" Him just nothing. He's like. I know nothing about war. I know people. And it's, I don't know, and like, she gets, like, she begins to, Tyrion has shocked every single one of his, like, his family members so far. He shocked Tywin enough to make him Hand of the King. Um, because I feel like he actually makes Cersei Hand of the King, um, if Tyrion's still, fuck, you know, on his shit list. I don't think, th I don't think, 
I think Tyrion gets off of Tywin shitlist because of what he says in the tent with everyone else and after surviving the battle, you know, whatever. For sure. You want to say that, you know, what he did. He didn't contribute a whole lot. He gave a speech. Um, he rallied up the troops to let him win. So hey, those hill tribesmen, man, they stuck with him too. They followed yeah. him down to King's Landing. I don't know if you saw that they were part of his entourage. Wait, really? Yeah, a couple of hill tribesmen were still Olf, with him with Bronn. Olf and like, behind. yeah. Uh, uh, I think I have. Is that one of my lines? I feel, or no, maybe Shaga? it was almost one of my lines. Where Shaga, like, son of Dolph. Yeah, Shaga, son of Dolph, and Shaga, son of Dolph was pissed off that Olaf or Thankfully, whatever. he didn't <laughs> cut off the dead. He, yeah. he didn't cut off the dead man's cock, which is fortunate. Uh, God, I love Tyrion. Like, Tyrion is just... Well, and there's this little knowing thing he says to Cersei in this scene where he goes, like, uh, they have Jamie. I think we know how to get him back. And then he doesn't say anything about Jamie, and he goes, you love your children. Yeah, One he of knows. the only good qualities you have. That and your cheekbones, which was fantastic. Is that a, you think that was improv? I feel like that was either, like, I don't know. It felt kind of like I, looking at their reactions after, like, seeing it back. Cersei kind of takes it as kind of like a, whoa, you kind of just said, but like, I don't know. Like, it's she breaks a little bit, it, I, I felt like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't catch it. That. It felt that, kind it of funny, sense. but like I wonder if that's like, does Tyrion have a thing for Cersei too, or is no. Tyrion not a not about that? I don't know. No, I don't know. It, it, Dude, it, it, you can compliment thing. your your siblings' appearance without being into them. I but he's a Lannister, and every Lannister that is that age just happens. You know, in that generation, every Lannister happens to to be into it. It's it's just their thing. Tyrion's I, you know, the I only loved. Rule. Tyrion's I mean, the exception to the rule. I'm confident Tyrion is not into Cersei. So. She has so. objectively incredible cheekbones. I think, I think that was. Imp- I would really love to know if Peter Dinklage just just off. You know, just ripped that one off. That and your cheekbones. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was incredible. It was an incredible delivery. Peter Dinklage really did just fuck on that. But uh, yeah, ultimately, Tyrion uh, kind of wins this interaction. And then uh, he heads on up to his room in the Tower of the Hand where he's hiding Shay. And, uh, you know, he was forbidden by his father to bring her. And she's super excited to be in the capital because she can smell all the the cum and the rum and the stuff she loves the stink the city makes her want to fuck and peter's like your peter dinklage Tyrion is like oh we'll make that happen i'm super tired though uh, let's take a rest on this uncomfy bed poor ned stark as though that man didn't have to suffer enough yeah it pops his back like you hear his back <clears throat> crack like when he when he says that like <laughs> poor ned man he's you know, already the hand of the king, and, and he's got to just have, uh, I guess, an uncomfortable bet in the standards of, of Tyrion. Um, I don't know. I guess Tyrion is probably an expert when it comes to a comfortable bed. bed. Um, so I, I trust I trust his opinion. And um, Ned strikes me as the type of guy who, like, uh, you know, he's a soldier. 
He's used to sleeping on the ground, you know. That's what he his his bed is actually um, rock. It's just yeah. flat rock it's with just like good. a just a an animal tarp. Yeah. Um, that's that's his ideal bed. Um, Catlin's gone through hell. <laughs> poor Catlin too. Yeah, shit. Didn't think about that. Oh no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. The next scene is uh, is one of my favorites in all of Game of Thrones. One that I didn't realize happened this early. Uh, one that I thought happened a lot later. Where Cersei talks a bit coded with Peter Baelish about finding Arya Stark. And she's like, uh, when he's a bit reluctant, she's like, you know, I heard this song once about a boy from a very lowborn house who got in good with a, with a larger house and fell in love with a daughter of the house. Does this sound familiar? And he's like, oh, yes, I also heard a song about, uh, you know, weird things can happen when boys and girls live under the same roof. Some things have even been known to happen between brother and sister. <laughs> uh, can I say in this scene, Cersei's eyes, for some reason, the light was hitting them differently. Like, her eyes were, I don't know, It. I have... It's the only thing I could really focus on during this. Lena Headey is fucking gorgeous. It's a that's a beautiful woman, uh, and she is shining in these next couple scenes. Specifically, this one made her my favorite character of the episode. Mm. Cersei Lannister, uh, okay. when he goes, you know, many forget that knowledge is power, and Cersei's like, ah, yes. Sees him, they grab him. She goes, cut his throat. They pull out a knife, put a knife to his throat. She goes, ah, you know what? Never mind. I changed my mind. She tells them to take three paces away. She tells them to turn around. She tells them to close their eyes. And uh, they they follow every instruction to a T. And she goes, no, Lord Baelish. Power is power. And that's my line of the episode. Favorite line. Sheesh. Favorite line and favorite character, Cersei is almost going for the clean sweep here. She gets uh, close. She gets close, and I'm debating performance on whether it should be Lena Hetty or someone else uh, because okay. she, like, I've been, I've been waiting for that episode where Cersei starts to shine because she was strong in season one, you know, of course. But she, she's different here. Yo. This yeah. was like I'm telling you, everyone brought their fucking A game for the season two premiere, mm. and Lena Headey bringing her A game as Cersei is different. She's fucking fantastic. Does make sense. I think like season one is season one. It's like the pilot season. You know, they filmed it. They knew it was probably going to be good, but then now they know it was received well, and people mm. are like, you know, now it's like okay, this is like this is serious, and now they're like, I want to. I feel like the actors can probably just get into their roles a little more. And they, they have a little more, you know, I guess, not, I don't know what the word is, but they, they, they have just a more deeper connection to it, I think. A yeah, deeper um, connection if, to the character, feels, a little bit more yeah. confidence after the success of season one. Uh, you know, they're all, they're all just filling in their shoes a little deeper, a little bit more experience in the roles. It's all just, uh, it's all firing on all cylinders for them right now. But uh, the Aww. next scene is when we are with Joffrey redecorating the throne room. Hmm. Okay. He's hoping to restore the uh, intimidating 
uh, facade for him, a facade that the Targaryens had going, uh, you know, say what you will about them. They were conquerors. And it's like, oh, yeah, Joffrey. Mr. Inherited the throne. Yeah, what would you conquer? Didn't what, even go you... into battle, bro. You're of age. You could do that. What is he? What has he done? Has he done a single thing other than kill people? Nope. He is just abusing his power. What a king. And his position. His wrongfully achieved position. His first act as king was it just killing Ned Stark. Yep. Hand of the king. Wow. Of the north. He was like, you know what? Kill this motherfucker. <laughs> wow. And then cut the tongue out of a fool, out of, or not a fool. Um, out of a just just a just a, a poor a poor guy, um, just, just a just a sweet little dude, <laughs> and then and then at least at least Cersei shows him, you know. Cersei does show up, and this is another place. another scene that makes her surefire mm. one of my favorite characters in the episode, and my favorite character in the episode. Uh, you know, his mother pulls up, and he refuses her suggestion that they ask Tywin for help in searching for Arya. Because uh, he does not feel it is necessary to find her. You know, they could probably manage to trade Jamie for Sansa. The North value their women too much. Uh, and she, she like, kind of begs him. Uh, and she he's like, no, it's Tywin's fault we lost in the war. It's his fault that we don't have Jamie. Uh, and he, he turns and asks her, you know, I heard a terrible rumor about Disgusting. Uncle Jamie. Disgusting. I think, I think yeah. he says this, which is, int- that's, that's interesting. I guess like, he is still, he's still young, you know, so, um, I guess it's not genetic, you know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe just not on a, you know, in, 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 I think I don't it's know. not <laughs> genetic. Uh, uh like, it feels, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's it, in the Game of Thrones world. It just feels like things like hair color, you know, is like literally if you're a Stark, you just you have dark hair. If you're a Lannister, you just have blonde hair. If you're a Targaryen, yeah, well, John, I don't. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, maybe the darkness of a Stark's hair just overpowers the 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 light. You man, imagine John with white hair. Um, what kind of pimp? Whoa. That'd be basically kind of like pimp. Witcher kind of look. Yeah. I kind of want to see that now. That's probably uh, There's definitely edits out there of that. Uh, Jon Snow, Targaryen hair, for sure. But uh, regardless, he confronts his mother about his parentage, and uh, she's like, it's gossip spread by our enemies to weaken your claim to the throne. And uh, he's like, my claim to the throne? It's just my throne. There is no claim. She's like, of course, of course. And uh, he questions her about his father's bastard children. You know, how about the the children my, my dad fathered? You know, what ha- what of them? And she's like, what do you mean? He goes, what happened when he grew tired of you? And she smacks the shit out of him. And I was like... Work, all the workers take a quick yep. look and they're like... Okay, I'm going to act like I did not see that. Back to work? <laughs> yep. Uh, I uh, literally immediately opened the Google Sheet upon contact with the face and went, Cersei Lannister is my favorite character of the episode. Uh, That's fair. slap Joffrey while he's king, 
Oh, oh, that's, that's big. That that's is pretty big. It, and he threatens her, threatens her with death. You know, what you just did is punishable by death. You'll never do it again. And like, this is one of the few times you see Cersei truly scared. And I think it's one of the times you truly just realize that she knows her son is a loose cannon. She has no control over him. She can't do anything to steer him one way or another. Uh, he's willing to yeah. kill her if he needs Whoa. to. He said, what you just did is punishable by death. She was looking down, and whenever he finished that, she looked up like, oh my god, you might actually kill me right now. Like She was like, yeah. you might actually do this. Uh, <laughs> like that's god to be that much of a just pure asshole just god joffrey sucks and i can't wait to Absolutely see him just cunt. suffocate in his life drain drain from his body god it'll be so nice it'll be so nice but uh thus end of this storyline it is the end of the storyline, and I think I am going to have to declare that my favorite scene as well, her slapping mm. the shit out of Joffrey. Yeah. Uh, There's one more thing that happens in King's Landing. There is right? one more. Uh, yeah. Lord Jano Slint leads a citywide massacre of Robert's bastards. They uh, they find the infant that we saw in the brothel uh, in front of her mother. They kill this child, and in front of Roz. And, uh, wow. That. No, yeah. You, you gotta be a sick, sick person to slice a baby's throat. And that, that one guard was like, I'm not, like, he was like, dude, I am on the wrong side of, like, you know, morals here. I, you know, I serve Joffrey and, like, but I'm not, do. I, he's like, I'm not doing, like, holy shit, like, yeah, like, oh my god. I did like the way they would show, like, that shot that's, like, horrifying, where that guy's just walking away with a baby in his hand, he's holding him by, like, the leg, and he's oh. just, like, carrying him like that, and you watch a dude, like, who is a city watchman, like, watch him walk away, like, seething in anger, and, like, just such an interesting and devastating idea that they had to pull off here that Joffrey is a sick fuck. But, uh, wow. They God. killed some of these kids in pretty brutal ways. They yeah. drowned they one drowned, of them. They drowned one of those kids. Why? I also don't know that these are all 100% his bastards. I feel oh, like they just like went around even and killed if there's a, kids. Yeah. Even if there's a chance, I guess, you know, it's like, if there was a rumor, gotta snuff it out. I get you know that's the Lannister way. Uh, Luckily, the yeah. only one who's gotten away is Gendry, and they uh, they interrogate uh, his former master Tobomat uh, over some hot coals, and uh, he reveals that he left the city as a recruit of the Night's Watch, and he says that Gendry can be identified by his bull's head helm. They're on the King's Road, and we cut. To end the episode, with Gendry and Arya traveling north on the King's Road, of course, we see the bull's head helm. It's like, okay. Yep, perfect. You could have just said, like, a wolf's helmet. You know, he told him everything pretty good from there, but then he could have, you know, he could have just been like, it's a wolf's helmet. And, you know, I don't know. He gave him exactly the information 
they, I mean, fair enough. Dude was about to get burned. I, I'm not gonna lie. He, he, he narked, but like, hard not to. Here, that's a tough situation not to nark, nark on. He's already going north, already going to Castle Black. You're like, all right, with the, I don't know. That's tough there. That is tough. Well, like the thing for me is that once you go to the Castle Black, like he can, he couldn't be king. He can't. So why are they even worried? Yeah. I don't know. They should just be like, oh, well, I get, yeah. Well. Just in case, I guess. I guess John. Well, he's not king. And he he did die. You're right. Not many people, you're right. Not many people could say they went to Castle Black, died, and then came back. Um, So, doesn't really happen a whole lot. That's fair. In Um, fact. They're increasing the chances of that happening by killing Gentry. Because they would probably bring him back. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, like, if you just leave him alive up at Castle Black, you never kill him in the first place. There's not a chance for him to be resurrected. There's not a chance for him to come back and rule. So, like... <laughs> what, a, what, an, what a thing there. You that it is actually, actually better to let him go. Yeah, you, you would actually Black. be increasing his chances of getting to the throne if you kill him. Wow. Whoa. Much to think about, but... Uh, <laughs> we need, a, we need like, Game of Thrones what if. We did. Um, what if Gendry had been killed and brought back to life? <laughs> oh, just a, just a real who gives a fuck of an episode, huh? But uh, up at uh, up at Winterfell, next, uh, Bran Stark is suffering through some pretty uh, less than important complaints about homes and vassals and the unrest at Rob Stark calling his banners and taking the young man young men south and. Maester Lewin has to guide him in carrying out a lord's duties, kind of informing him on what the right thing to do is, and being a good mentor to him, you know? I've, I like me some Maester Lewin. He's a good dude. He doesn't deserve... I don't know. Just feels like he gets the short end of the stick a lot. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's he's doing a lot of work. You know, he's he's just very... And he's very humble about it, too. You mm-hmm. know, he, he does what he needs to do. He's nev- He's not doesn't ask for anything, you know, he just, he just advises, and he's there to make sure everything's going all right. Yeah. What yeah. a guy. Good guy. Good guy. And the North. Cool. Not a lot of just, you know what, not a lot to say about this guy. He's solid. There's just not a, a lot of that. Just a good guy. Yeah. Yep. Just a just solid good, good guy. <laughs> I feel like I could just kick back with Maester Lewin and have a nice little chat, you know? You know, if I, if I want to be anywhere in the Game of Thrones universe, probably the North. It may be cold. Um, but Winterfell just seems like it's that place. Um, yeah, they got be. some good people. You know, uh, we we see later that they're not used to many people who aren't, uh, you know, who aren't white. They are a little racist. Um, not, a, but yeah, that's true. Okay, maybe wouldn't, Dorn wouldn't affect us very much as as white folk. But you know, from a moral, it it'd be like moving to like the Netherlands right now. You know, yeah. it seems like a nice, friendly place, but they have, like, festivals. Yes, I didn't think of, like, Essos. Essos is probably where I want to be now that I think about it, because yeah, it's, like... Pentos? Yeah. The free cities? Like Dorn. Like, that's Dorn. warm. That's um, in Westeros, though. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, that's wow. kingdom. Oh, yeah. Duh. Um, Dorn might be the only place in Westeros that I'd, like, 
actually be cool with. Yeah, um, yeah probably. But, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, Winterfell, yeah, I don't know. got it figured out. Like, I can't wait till we get Pedro Pascal up in this hoe. They're the best people in all of the show. The people mm. in Bourne. But, uh, regardless, uh, that night, Bran takes a slumber and he dreams that he is the dire wolf, his dire wolf, Summer, walking in the god's wood and he uh, looks in the pool and he sees Summer's reflection rather than his own, uh, which wakes him up. Homie's been working, working hard. Mm-hmm. He's not dreaming. And he tells Osha as much. You know? But, which is interesting because like why doesn't he think does he know that that's not a dream like he can feel that he's actually in control you know so like he knows he's not dreaming or like does he like i guess i don't know i think he knows it's not a dream but he doesn't know what it is okay i think it's just like a it's too real to be a dream but i don't have any other way to explain it Mm. Is sort of the vibe yeah, that I get. Everyone dreams. I don't. Yeah, he just says I don't. He's yeah. He's very confident. He's either just lying. I guess that's the thing about Bran. You know, is like. Did he look down? Did he look at his feet when he said that? Oh. I have to know now. That's that's per. I forgot about that little, little detail at the beginning. We said we were going to pay attention. And I forgot. I don't have any pain. Does he say it? I guess um, I lost where it was in the episode, maybe. Oh, right here. Oh, it was off camera. Ah, Dang it. So we won't know. It could be a lie. Don't believe it. Don't believe everything this man says. Be skeptical. But uh, (laughs) he has uh, Osha and Hodor take him to the pool and is reassured to find his reflection not summers uh Mm. and they look to the sky and see the red comet and uh, many people think it has many different meanings but osha explains that it truly only signifies one thing dragons osha's got that shit figured out bro she knows things the wildlings what's crazy is the most solid understanding of magic have been the least civilized people. Yeah. It's been the Dothraki, and it's been the Wildlings. They have a better understanding of all this mystical shit than every other fucking place. Probably because they just actually get out there and see it. it. It's not just learned in a book. Right. It's, um... I hmm. loved, by the way, the way the Red Comet was utilized as, like, a transition piece so often. Oh, Daenerys would like look up to it. It would pan up, and then it would come and back man. down onto John. You know, it's, it's it's so so many Daenerys to John so so transitions. Uh, but uh, yeah, the red cat. That is interesting, though. I guess like dragons are born. The world, the space is just like all right. Fuck it. We're sending a comment over Westeros and or Earth or whatever. It's around the whole fucking world. Planet. What's the? Is it? What's the? Pl- What's the planet? Is is it just Earth? Do they call it Earth? I don't know that we ever hear what this planet is called. I think they only ever refer to it as like the whole world. As no overall or official name. The characters within the world simply refer to it as 
the world. <laughs> there we All go. Right. Three All discovered right. three continents. There is Westeros, Essos, and Sotheros. Oh, south. <laughs> so like Antarctica, probably. Um, or I guess, is it cold or is it a warm south continent? Um, yeah, I guess we don't know how the mechanics of this place works. Uh, but uh, that concluded the story in Winterfell, and we'll take it to Dragonstone thereafter, where on this island, King Stannis Baratheon is allowing his advisor Melisandre to burn statues of the gods of the Seven. Hello. Enter these people that I didn't think came in until... I don't know. For some reason, I felt like mid to the end of this season. I don't know why. Like, I just don't think I didn't no. think we got in this much Stannis this quickly. Um, Immediately. Yeah, they, they were going right in. Let's Stop burn the seven Stannis. gods. Like, he's burning the seven. Like, the, I, a, like, yeah, I didn't. I just thought it was just some ritual before, you know, but it's like they're dis like they're like we do not fuck with this religion anymore. We only fuck with this Lord no, that's of Light why everyone, now. That's I why did. everyone there who follows the Seven is like, yo, what the fuck? Because they are committing what would probably likely be viewed as like burning a cross. Satanic ritual, basically, is like, or not satanic, I guess, but like, I, I you know, that's pretty close. I guess it is the closest thing. Yeah, it's like it's just something... That'd be, that's, that's what the people would see, just something. Wiccan, almost. Like, it's more like a witchcraft. Yeah, Yeah. like, um, these people, yeah, they're going against the norm, I guess you could say, that's for sure. For sure. Um, Yeah, they're making an offering to the deity, the Lord of Light. She even refers to Stannis at one point as the Lord of Light himself, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I mean... Cersei, you know, Cersei says power is power, and I think that's why people are okay with just, you know, just being like, all right, fuck the seven gods. Like, I see this woman actually do some god-tier shit, so... Certainly why Stannis does it, you know? He's like, she can make this happen for me. That's why he does this entire thing, is that she, she can make it happen. I wonder what she did before to make people so, like, damn, or is this Stannis, like, is this the first time Stannis is bringing her out and being like, yeah, we're doing this shit? I think it's, I don't think it's the first time, but I think she appeals to Stannis' ego uh, and has convinced him that he's the prince who was promised. Uh she, yeah. she she is firmly in the camp right now that Stannis is the prince who was promised, and that's why she has hitched her ride to Stannis Baratheon, telling was, him yeah. he's he some sort of chosen sword one from the fire, and that sword will be known as Lightbringer or something like that. And yeah. I was thinking, like the future, um, does John ever pull a sword, and you know from fire? And I'm like, well. There's only one fire sword that, like, is a legitimate fire sword that we see, like, on screen. I'm like, eh, no, that's not it. But I'm like, he does stab the fire parts of the Song of Ice and Fire. You know, he stabs fire and the sword that he brings out of the fire. I see you. Will be known, you know, is it that? 
Is that the prophecy sword that they're talking to bringing it out of the fire? Dagger, you know. Whoa, Um, Um, I don't know about that, but um, (laughs) I I, I, everything that is said about the the prophecy now, I'm just trying to like take you know, just um, all right. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, (laughs) We can we can try and work it on whatever prophecy at the end of the day, you know, it's just. Why not? It's just a story. Like it, it could. It's just George R. R. Martin's way of being like, yeah. Like I don't know. It's just all. This is all prophecy. Make it. It just makes it feel cooler. It doesn't well, actually matter the intricacies of a prophecy. You know, it just makes it yeah. feel cooler. It's very fantasy esque. But uh, regardless, Maester Crescent is outraged by this affront to his gods and fearful that Melisandre is leading Stannis into a war he cannot win, and he asks Sir Davos Seaworth to uh, see to it that he uh, he does something about it. Like, talk to him. He trusts you. And uh, they complete the ritual. Stannis throws down the sword. So he's not fully sold on the religion, obviously. He's just sold on the power yeah. she has to help him. Uh, yeah. I th- and, and also, I think it's, it's a lot of just, like, uh, he likes Stannis. He, and he like believes that he should actually like be king a little bit, but he he's like, I don't know if he's going about this the right way, but I am loyal to Stannis. I have to like stay here. It, it was really interesting, um, yeah, to like see his position. Davos, man, this guy um, is one of my faves. And yes, yeah, boom, right, you know, right off off rip. Like in this episode, did not expect him to to be in this episode at all. Um, didn't expect one any of, the, of Stannis' one of the crew dudes, to be in here. But one of the dudes who makes it to the end and ends up on the small council for Bran. Oh, okay. The first appearance. Okay, yeah. The, the small council is Bran, Davos, Tyrion. Or is Tyrion... Yes, not, Tyrion yeah. is... The, I think he's the hand. I think he remains hand. Sansa's like Warden of the, of the North. The Queen of... Okay, is, okay, yeah, that's sick. Uh, John is North North. Mm-hmm. Arya went west of Westeros. Oh. And then who else is on like the council? I feel like there's some Samuel is the maester. <gasps> yeah, this the ma oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, that's Davos sick. is the master of ships. So we have Tyrion. everyone. So Tyrion far. is the hand of the king. I guess we could there's what is there a name for the, I guess the Brienne. 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 Oh, yeah. Brienne of Tarth. She's the uh she's the leader of the King's Guard. Okay. Yeah. Tyrion, hand of the king. Bronn is now Lord of Highgarden. Is Bron So Bronn um, I don't think he's on the council, but Yeah, I guess uh, small council looks thus. It's a master Oh, master of coin, apparently. Oh, Bronn's the master of coin. Apparently, yeah. Wow. Okay, Bron. Bron really. He climbs. Wow. Yeah. And then Samuel Tarly, um, Brienne of Tarth, and Davos. It looks like yeah. It looks like that's it. Yeah. So we meet. We meet what ends up being the small council for Bran Stark here. One of the members, uh, which is nuts to think about how far we go. Oh, uh, still to be decided is the master of whisperers, master of war, and master of war again. Okay, so just the master of whispers and master of war, I guess, have to be decided. All right, um, which all is, right. I guess, interesting. But yeah, I, I didn't think of the 
the people who are at the end, but we have all of them now. We and so, mm-hmm. besides Brienne, we haven't right? met Brienne yet. She'll be that's in a couple it. episodes. Okay, wow, a lot of yeah. That's really interesting to in that lens watch the episode as who of these people is alive at the end of the show and who is dead. Um, I don't know. That's there's not a lot that are alive. Not a lot at all. A lot of them die. Very brutally, most of them. Um, I'm going to start watching the ep- I don't know. That might, might, might take the fun out of it a little bit. A little uh, bit. A little bit. It's nice to forget. You yeah. know, I just like to connect it to stuff at the end. And uh, an introduction to a character that I love, like Davos, I had to bring it up that he is one of the few that makes it out. And that makes me so happy. But uh, nevertheless, Stannis has received Ned Stark's letter, finally. Uh, informing him that he was the true heir of the king, Robert Baratheon. And he's like, perfect. I'm going to send copies of this letter everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to not make the same mistake Ned did. I mean, it makes sense. It's like, okay, so I'm the king. Everyone should know this. And um, the way he, uh, the way he mends the letter, Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer, call him what he is. Sir, though. At least give him his proper title. You know, he gave him at least that respect. Yeah, my my dearly beloved brother, my brother, he didn't love me, I didn't love him. Fuck that guy. No, take that shit out of there. (laughs) It's a lie. It's a lie. Don't put that in there. Okay, I mean, just died. And, you know, you're going for a claim to the... It's probably just, you know, better just if you didn't... Politics. I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's all about optics, you know? But, you know, Stannis is doing his thing. He's confident. He's prophet, is you know. He's got that prophecy in his head. He so. does indeed. He does indeed. But uh, he details the incestuous relationship between Cersei and Jaime and challenges Joffrey's uh, legitimacy. And he rejects Davos's appeal to consider an alliance with his brother, Renly Baratheon. He says, uh, while Renly is claiming the throne for himself, uh, Rob Stark is claiming the Northern Throne. All of them are stealers. They're thieves. You know, can't have any of them. And uh, Crescent chooses the oddest moment to go, you know what, I'm sorry. Let's... I, man, I'm thirsty. And I I would love a, a drink. Is it, right, is this this guy? Or is this oh, yeah. guy? It, well, What's yeah. insane is he's willing to kill himself to yep. kill the Red Woman. He's like, he's already, he's like, this is so fucked. He's like, this is so far gone, I'm out of here. And I, I hope to take out the Red Woman with me. Like, what? Like, whoa! Yo, dude. what the fuck? What the fuck? She chugs like, the rest ha- of that shit. Her necklace starts flaming, like, afterwards. And I didn't, I've never noticed that before, but like... This might be my line, the line she delivers. Um, just because she just chugged poison and tanked it and then watched the dude die and she goes, The night is dark and full of terrors, old man, but the fire burns them all away. And, like, everyone looks at her just like, like, holy fuck, like, yes, I will follow you. Like, obvious, like, oh my god. And... Yo, uh... I was very hardcore considering her as my favorite character of the episode, Ooh. but uh, 
Cersei in Snake. sequence, this comes before Cersei smacks the shit out of Joffrey, and I just couldn't, in good conscience, after that, go with mm-hmm. anyone else. Yeah, no, that is certain. Cer- Cersei's very sound for this this episode. She just absolutely crushed this episode and became Cersei Lannister. Now, um, I think Melisandre will she'll she'll have her her time to shine. Um, this was just her her introduction. So, right. um, it was just one of my favorite character introductions we've had so mm, far. It just I stuck think, out so hard. Man, I don't know which line to go with. Either Melisandre's or uh, Lord Commander Mormont telling John, "You want to lead one day, then you'll learn to follow." I have a, a lot of my lines are the lessons that, like Benjen, um, better than no one here. A man gets what he earns. Um, you know, we'll speak when I return, and then Ned telling him, um, "You know, we'll speak about your mother whenever I, whenever we see each other again." Blah blah blah. Mm. I like the John quotes. I think I think that's the one I will go with. Um, I, go like with Mel- I like it, the quote itself of Melisandre is not the reason it's on here. The only reason it's on here was because of what she did, right. really, not the quote. Um, so yeah, I'll go. I'll go with Lord Commanders, the Lord Commanders quote there. But um, I guess honorable mention to to Melisandre there. I fuck she with is, it. I fuck she with is it. badass already. Um, but uh, after that, it takes us to the Riverlands, where Rob has received the letter and interrogates Jamie about it. He's received Stannis's letter. He uh, and he's like, you know what? I figured it out. This all makes sense now. Everything came together because of this. You were caught by my brother, fucking your sister, so you pushed him out of a window. You sent the order to kill my father. He's like, I did no such thing. And he's like, no, nah, but your actions caused that. Mm-hmm. Your actions caused that. And uh, Jamie reveals nothing and attacks Rob's decision to keep him in his mobile camp rather than trust one of his bannermen. Uh, he's like, uh, so I see you, you, you move me every time. You growing fond of me, Rob? And he's like, uh, no, nah, I just know that if I left you with a bannerman, Tyrion would go ahead and, or Tyrion, Tywin would go ahead and send them a letter, become the richest man alive, or die. Uh, and he's like, wow, you don't trust the men you go into battle with. I trust them with my life. I just don't trust them with yours. And I was like, that was a bar. Rob had so every line he said, like, Jamie thought that he finally got Rob. Mm-hmm. Every time he was like, he had something. He's like, you know, like, oh, I, I, I got him. Three I got him here. Did not make you a conqueror. It's better than three defeats. Like, oof. And then you know, the whole, the whole time, direwolf, right here. You know, also, you know, just, just, just for pure intimidation, walking around the cage first. You know, like, because I think um, the, the wolf actually. Did Rob show up first, or did his wolf show up first? Rob showed up first, and he was talking to okay. him for a few seconds. And then Grey Wind starts walking up, and Jamie like turns to his side. Oh, this is so. Rob is, calls him to the cage. Yeah. Then so he okay. I thought I thought he walked in with Rob right away. Oh, okay. No. So he, he pulls like, up calls as him. Rob is talking to him, uh, okay. and then as he continues to accuse 
Jamie of everything he's done. He grabs Grey Wind mm. so that he gets more and more angry. And then uh, when That's he finishes right. his yeah. line of questioning for him, he goes ahead and releases the dog. Jamie gets truly scared. We see the Lannisters truly scared for the first time ever here in Jamie and uh, Cersei both this episode. One at the hands of Joffrey, one at the hands of uh, Dire Wolf, uh, which was very cool. But uh, mm. gotta love the the connection between Rob and, and what's his wolf's name? Greywind. God, that's so badass. So cool. Um, so cool. Robin Greywind. Like he tells him, he's like, "All right, I I really want you to, you to look like you're about to kill him here, and just go up." Bite as close as you can to his face, Gray. When and it you becomes got this. like legend that he like rides his dire wolf into battle and is like, like they are like a duo. They're the king in the north and the wolf in the north. Like he is the white wolf, you know, like he becomes a legend because of this. And it's just so fucking cool to watch. But, uh, I guess this. But they're only like, cause. The age of the dire wolf is the age of the show. Like their season yeah. one is like episode ones when they're born or taken, I guess, like Basically, from yeah. their. So like, and how long has it been? Like, maybe a year. They've only that's only a year of growth, and they're already like, like that's a big boy already. What a good boy. What a good Rob's, doggo. Grey Wind's got to be a good boy, you know? That's the goodest boy. He's the oh. second goodest boy. Ghost? Behind Ghost. Ghost is the goodest boy. Nymera? No, Ghost. Ghost is the goodest boy. Ghost is really good. And lady, we see a lot more of Ghost. Lady was a really good girl. Poor Lady. Lady, lady didn't just, deserve that shit. Lady didn't des- Lady doesn't deserve that. Lady is good. Lady, lady actually did nothing. But Sansa deserved it, actually. Sansa deserved hers to, like, I, I, I wouldn't, maybe Rickon. Who, who would I rather, you know, like, I don't want Nymira, I don't want, uh, Ghost or Grey Wind to die. It's either Lady or... Here's what, my thing. What, what I would rather Nymeria pay Rickon. for Nymeria's crime than Lady. You're right, but Rickon named his direwolf, like, Something Shaggy dog. S- yeah, he deserves to die. I'm sorry. I'm s- for that alone. Like Rickon d- doesn't deserve to have Rickon won't be upset. He was Rickon very. He was story. very young when he named it. I understand, child. But like, come on, man. At, the adult should have. Someone should have stepped in and been like, "Okay, you got to choose another name." Like that was like you know made up some like. Oh well, that one's already taken uh, by one of your ancestors. So uh, sorry, Shaggy, Shaggy Dog. Do you mean Shaga, son of Dolph? Uh... <laughs> oh no, it actually is the same thing. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's who. Um, that's who Rickon named him after. They ward. No, uh, Shaga, son of Dolph, wards as Shaggy Dog. Yes. Um, yes. Whenever he's asleep. No, I see the vision. I see the vision. But uh, <laughs> Rob decides to send prisoner Alton Lannister. They're just taking random Lannisters as prisoners, which I think is hilarious. Uh, uh, he sends him to King's Landing with peace terms. He demands 
the release of his sisters, the return of his father's remains, along with the remains of all those who served him to be buried in the crypts of Winterfell. And and the Alton Lannister's like, okay, cool, yeah, I think that should be very agreeable. And he's like, yeah, and uh, the North is going to be free. We're going to be an independent kingdom. He said, oh, what now? The Lannister, like, yeah. Said, oh, sir, sir, I... He's like, those are my, those are my terms. And I loved the way that like fucking, uh, oh, I can't, I can never remember the dude's name. The dude with the, the top, his eye beard. Yep. Chin. Okay. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't the know. The way his he's name like, either. uh, Cassell, Sir Roderick Cassell. He's like, uh, the king in the north. And everyone around the table's like, the king in the king north. In the north yeah. King of the north. And yeah, Theon a little bit. I like that they all just kind of but, like say it like quietly to themselves. Like it's not even like a chant, it's just in yeah. reverence. They're just like, like, yeah, that is the king of the north. Like, king of the fucking north. That is the king of the north. Like, they they said it as like in celebration. It was like, oh my fucking god, we will be a free nation. It was like the king of the north is getting it done. It's like, yes, this is why I follow him. It's so so Washington. It's like George Washington making his peace claims, and they're like, that's the president of the fucking United States, right there. It's like George Washington holding. The Prime Minister of Great Britain's son captive and telling him, you go back to fucking Great Britain. You tell him, we're our own nation from now on and you can't tax us. You, we're, we're doing our own fucking shit. Yeah, Great was over there like Alexander Hamilton. That's <laughs> the president of the United States of America. You know, some shit like that. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, uh, I loved the scene, and this is the scene that assured, like all these scenes, are what assured me of choosing Richard Madden as Rob Stark as my performance for the episode. Thank uh-huh. you, thank you, because I am definitely going Rob for my character, and I wanted to go him for my performance as well. But I needed, I needed to have a Tyrion and a Lan- and Rob in here, and Rob has way better character development here than Tyrion. Tyrion's performance is why I liked him in this episode. And you know, um, it so, was all those things that I said about Kit Harrington earlier. Mm. But like even more and even more prominent, uh just a much larger role and he is stepping into those shoes fucking fully. King of the North. You know, mm. That's the king of the fucking north and he carries himself as such. Like Richard Madden dominates the role of of Rob Stark and I was glad I could finally go with him. Mm for a performance not i was very happy mm-hmm. to do so the only thing i'm having trouble with is deciding whether i like the scene of him intimidating jamie and you know him with uh gray wind right there or him telling his terms um to what was the lannister's name at alton alton yeah telling his terms to alton I don't know which one I like more. That was close to being my scene. Um, that was very close. I think I have to go with his terms because it has, you know, that King of the North moment. Like, it was badass seeing Grey win and, and him, but, like, I think his terms, it kind of sums it all up. Um, so I'll go with, yeah, I'll go with that for the scene. Um, baller, baller. Uh, yeah, that scene is followed by one of the ones that is just the, the most infuriating when you know where the show is going. Uh, with Theon Greyjoy pulling Rob aside. Yo, Grace, fucking love hearing people call Rob Stark your Grace, by the way. Mm. Uh, Rob doesn't, though. No. He's like, 
that's a fucking king right there, man. Mm-hmm. That's a king right there. Yeah. Like, because uh, like I remember, it just it never stuck out to me when I first watched it. Like Your Grace. Like I, I heard it this time, I was just like, that feels so right yeah. on it's, him. It's nice. That was like, good. It's so nice to hear Your Grace in reference to someone who you like actually view as kingly. Yeah. You know. I has Rob done a single thing wrong? Like morally? Anything. No, he's been kind of he's been kind of the perfect child so far. I don't think he's actually done anything wrong. No, yeah, not and as far as I can recall. In in war, like as a war general, he's, he's fucking it up right now. He's doing he's pretty good. Um, he's just picking up any Lannister he wants, really, and just kind of toying with the greatest war general that this time has ever seen, Tywin. He's just fucking with him. Way smaller of an army, kind of evened it out now, Um, especially if some alliances are coming inbound, you know? Um, Which is like, this time, this watch, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, Rob might team up with with you know one of the the baratheon brothers okay then then the tide of the the war like holy fuck it's way different and then i'm just like Yo, oh, i mean well. if renly if renly was willing to go okay so we even we even our numbers with the lannister army we take the seven kingdoms together and then i just emancipate the north it's so agreeable on all sides it's so it's oh my god it's the easiest one ever you just got to deal with stannis and his prophecy filled rage you know that that's kind of the only little thing you gotta deal with but like if it's rob and ren uh renly you got it right yeah renly if it's them both like renly what they said he has like a hundred thousand or something like that no maybe that was maybe that was the um the north's arm i don't know I felt like a hundred thousand was dropped in this episode somewhere, in a, in someone's army. Um, I'm not sure. No way, Renly. Renly. Yeah, Renly. Why? Why does it feel wrong? Um, not sure. No way. He's got a hundred thousand. No way. He just assembled larger than the Lannister sixty thousand. You know, like big. No way. Right. Ah, uh, he has eighty thousand, and if they were to combine their forces, it would be one hundred thousand. He's got 80,000? I guess it's all of Roberts. Is it literally... He's got, he's got Highgarden, like, he's got all the Tyrells, he's got the Tarleys, he's got a lot of great houses, which mm. is why he's he's got such a large army. But uh, And he has just the most legitimate... Well, no, Stannis, I guess. But people well, don't his, like Stannis. So his claim is Stannis sucks... I'm the better Baratheon. Yeah. Um, damn, that's cold. That's actually kind of cold. Um, it's pretty when does weird. he come like into the picture again? A couple episodes. I think it's season two, episode okay. three. Okay, that's good. Oh, man, I'm remembering so many storylines with him now. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, yeah, he's actually yeah. like a he's actually a big character now that I'm like... Very big like, piece in season yeah. two. Okay, okay. Um. But uh, yeah, Ooh. this next scene is infuriating. Theon pulling Rob aside and being like, "Send me to the Iron Islands, 
or I can convince Balon. We have over, we have 200 ships. Like, come on, let me do this shit. And, uh, he's like, Mariah, we'll see. And Catelyn counsels against that. You shouldn't trust a Greyjoy. Shouldn't trust the Iron Islanders. Uh, you know, look at what they did. Look at how they rebelled. And Rob's like, look at what I did. Look at what I'm doing. Look at what father did. And he's like, you, she's like, you know, you're more than Balon Greyjoy. Don't you fuck with me like that. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, your father was more than that. Don't you fuck with me like that. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, fair. All right. And she's whatever. like, uh, please consider yeah. trading Jamie for your sisters. Mm. You know, we, we've heard so much. Sansa's in trouble. We haven't even heard a word about Arya. You know, like what, what's going on? And he's like, you, this is where Rob's, the mission shifted. Mm. It was. This might be the first thing he's done wrong. Um, because she's like, "Please let me go home. Let me see my my children that I have remaining. Let me just go home." And he's like, "No, you're riding south." You know, um, he's like, "You have to convince." Like he, you know, he 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 kind of jumps into it. It's not wrong. It is definitely the right thing to do here in terms of war strategy. But that's the thing. They're they have all the leverage right now. Like it's not, it's not it is pretty timely. You can't just sit on your ass and not do anything in war, but like mom wants to go home for a couple days or you know just let her go home and then and then continue on. I don't know. Yeah, but if she heads north, then heads south, a few I guess months she before. could be. I guess it is literal months there, actually. Yeah. To travel, it isn't. I, I guess yeah. The King's Road isn't actually like a highway. Take, take a quick two-hour flight up there. <laughs> Never mind. Um. So yeah, I, Rob's. I don't know. I'm struggling to to find anything wrong with Rob. Then kind of here. No, yeah. I mean, right. like from a war general's perspective, he he makes the right choice here, but. From the guy who started this war's perspective, mm. who took the war into his own hands, it's evolved, you know? Uh, when he gives that speech after they kidnapped Jamie, and he's like, One victory does not make us conquerors. Have we saved my father? Have we saved my sisters from the queen? You know, like, that's that's what the entire mission was at that point. It's become something else. And... uh now it's killed them all. Yeah, now it's like it's all. you know he he cat says like all right, now we got to get your sisters and then yes we will kill them all. But Rob is just we're gonna kill them all and then take back my sisters. Yeah, that is how he will get his sisters back in his mind. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, he he sends her to go make an alliance with Renly and sends Sir Roderick up to Winterfell, who. I mean, that's the good thing about him not sending her back to Winterfell. Is that? Oh uh, wait, she would have died. Actually, good call. Really good call here. She would have died. Wow. Ooh, how does he? How does he go? What happens? Oh, he's the one that doesn't get a clean beheading from Theon. Oh, I forgot about that, dude. So bad. So bad. Why is this shit? This show just 
they find a way. They find a way to just make it devastating. They always hey. do. They always do. But uh, that concludes the story in the Riverlands and takes us to our last location in the episode, the Red Waste, where Let's Daenerys go. Targaryen is leading her uh, diminished Kalasar east into the Red Waste. They don't know if it will ever end. You know, they're surrounded by powerful enemies on all sides, who Ser Jorah insists, if they head this direction, they will kill you and take your dragons. If you go this direction, they will kill you and take your dragons. And she goes, nobody will kill me and take my dragons. That's not happening. And uh, she's like, all right, so I guess we just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, she struggles to make her dragons eat what little meat she has because the people are starving and there's no, like... How can she justify feeding the dragons over the people she promised would prosper? And uh, her beloved white mare, her first gift from Caldrogo, collapses, which is super sad. Just the last bit of Caldrogo goes down. Mm. Uh, and she decides, we're going to halt the march. And she sends three of her blood riders in three different directions to scout for sustenance and refuge. You find a place where we can stay? Tell me about it. You find a place that meets the sea? Tell me about it. You find a civilization? Tell me about it. Uh, Interesting line before that, though, is whenever Jorah is like, you have to be their strength right now. And then she replies, as you are mine. Oh, yeah. Which was, I don't know. I guess, like, I knew that she always, like, she, uh, she valued Jorah's word and, like, was a, you know, very close friend, but, like, that was very, I don't know, a lot different than what I expected from their relationship, I guess. She, uh, she values Jorah. Like, yeah. on a, like, I think she views him a little bit more, uh, close advisor friendly. Um, and she, and he views her a bit more lovingly, obviously. Yeah, um, I think it's just to her. Jorah is like the closest platonic friend, like that she that she has. Oh, and just um, uh, someone who will be there for her no matter what, who has stayed by her side no matter what. And uh, I guess she kind of right now it's like just not like the relationship is that. But I think in the future she knows that he is in love with her, yeah. and she uses that as like I can I can get this guy to do whatever I you know like I think she knows that in the future and like not not necessarily uses it for like her advantage but like I think it's sometimes like that a little bit. Um, It'll be interesting to rewatch but, and see because yeah, I, uh, I feel like she I always remember I always recall her as handling it rather well. Um, hmm. But one of the blood riders she sends off is Rajaro, who I pointed out in the season one finale as having taken a kinship to uh, Daenerys and Khal Drogo and Jorah Mormont, the guy who sat outside the tent with Jorah and talked about their fathers and stuff. And she's and she like has a really nice one on one moment with Rikaro. Like, uh, you have not failed me. Like, all mm. my hope is in you now. Like, come back for me. And she, he's like, yep, I'm gonna do that bet that and uh i like that a lot you know i really enjoyed these these guys uh this this small moment between daenerys and ricaro she thought it was cool he's choosing to follow her you know like that's i mean after that's his calisar now after seeing what she just did that's you well, know to we have did, stuck around long enough to see what she did is the more to, amazing yeah, thing for me to fall asleep 
and wake up after you know we won't talk we won't talk about the logistics of what happened that night or whatever but like we we said that power was power with cersei and then it got one-upped with melisandre but but man it's It's quite quite the one-up uh birthing three dragons into the world so and living just living through that um not being burned whatsoever was also a one-up. That that was a one-up. And then Pretty each dragon, um, one is for a one can get you a big army, one can get you a fleet of ships, and the other uh, can get you whatever the fuck you you know whatever you want after that. So that's and now they get her the world eventually. So um, it's going pretty well for them. At the yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But that does conclude the episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, have we filled out all our favorites? Are we all are we all set there? I think we have. Yeah, we indeed have a lot of just uh, Cersei dominated for you, uh, other than just uh, Rob Stark as the performance, Richard Madden, um, and I almost gave Rob the clean sweep. Um, well, I guess my line comes from. Uh, Lord, the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and I got I got uh, Tyrion for the for the performance. But but Rob, yeah, Rob is the character. He almost got performance as well, but then his terms was my my. Yeah, Richard Madden just really mm-hmm. stepped the fuck up. Yeah, and Peter Dinklage maintained as Tyrion. He's already been so strong, and he just continues to be strong. Mm-hmm. Ooh. But. Uh, Let's throw a rating at this bad boy. Our second oh, season right. premiere. Uh, and I'd argue better than the first. Oh, yeah. This this one, it was a very satisfying premiere as well. You got every character. You got new characters. And you're itching for the next episode at the end. You're like, okay, Ooh. the world's set again. You know, like, um, the whole in first season, it's like the world is being set. And it is set, holy fuck, it's about to go crazy next season. Now we're there. We get all the introductions we need. And, like, a lot more happened than I thought would happen. Like, way more is, like, it's they're just going. It's crazy. The pace of the show, to have it be over the span, you know, like, it's not fast-paced in terms of how long of, like, time is passing. Because, like, House of Dragon blows that out of the water. You cover so much more literal time in House of the Dragon, but, like, the pace of just how the events that are happening, it's just, like, it's so fast, but then you'll have a moment where it's two people sitting down just talking for five minutes straight, and, like, it's, I don't know, it's such, just an interesting show, and I don't know what more I could ask for out of a premiere. Um, Nah, it's a damn good premiere, damn good episode. I do think it's far from perfect, but yeah, I don't think I'm at a ten. I'm not at a ten because I mean I'm. I think I'm at a nine. Yeah, a nine out of ten enjoyment. Uh, very like very that. solid episode. I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. But I know we have better episodes even in this season. Uh, and I really enjoyed it, but it's not the most I've ever enjoyed a Game of Thrones episode. But mm. uh, now, when it comes to to genre though, because I, I agree with nine there. Actually, I, 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 it was not a ten. That felt way too high. And then I'm like starting to get in the eights, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. Eight no. sounds low. 
Um, genre is a 10. Yeah, that's just, that is no hesitation there. It's like, yeah, this is the episode of Thrones that I want. Um, you know, we, we did get dragons, I guess, but not in the sense that we're thinking of like dragons when it comes to Game of Thrones. We didn't get any big battle scene, no actual fighting, I think. For at me, all. it was just so perfectly balanced. Yeah. Just a little bit of everything, a little bit of every storyline, a little bit of every place. And handled so incredibly well. And that's exactly what I'm looking for out of an episode of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They just did that incredibly. We got the five kings all lining up, which is fucking incredible. You mentioned of Renly, Stannis, Rob, uh, Joffrey, and Mance Raider. Is that is the he the fifth? I guess he is planning on marching. He, that's what he said. There's only one direction you can go. Is that is that number five? I guess that's the only other army that's being Tywin. Not Ty. It wouldn't be Tywin. No, I think that's it. Yeah, that's Stannis, sick. Joffrey. It's like it's like Renly, the five Rob. like families. It's like a mob. It's like basically like the mob, but just all over Westeros. Yeah, with actual armies. I guess it's just like not the mob. It's just like actual war. Um, yeah, <laughs> is actually a better. Yeah, just it's actual war. Um, <laughs> Literal war, but but uh, I that mean, lends itself to being a very good critical episode as well. But not again. Not ten. Not a, this is not a perfect a episode. Uh, yeah. In fact, I do find myself again at around a nine. I think that's fair because eight it, it does sound a little low, like which was very beautifully shot. Um, a lot of let's see, I guess like the desert, Daenerys. That's that's a new location there. Um, do we get any other new? We're more north of the Raptor wall, deep, yeah, um, which was cool. I don't know it was it was just a it's they still are in their style of Game of Thrones. They didn't lose it, you know, coming into this season. It felt Game of Thrones. The acting is always spot on. You never complain about that. Never. I think I think there it is. Which oh, I don't have the average in here. Wow, I'm getting lazy. That'll bring it to a 9.33. It is, yes. Um, so let's that ties it with episodes five and seven of last season, interestingly enough. The Wolf and the Lion, or you win or you die. Very good episodes. Very good episodes, and this belongs up there. The North remembers, man. It's a kick-ass episode of Game of Thrones. But with that, at a 93%, I think we will conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. There we go. And uh, we'll continue season two next week. I can't fucking wait. But uh, with that, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompotter where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including this week, the pull lists of comic books for the last three weeks. I'm doing a little catch-up. And uh, it's, I'm going to be all caught up this week. So uh, go ahead and check that out for three bucks a month. You can help out the pod like crazy at patreon.com slash pennybloompod. Greatly appreciated. All sorts of exclusive content. Uh, this Wednesday, we continue our coverage of The Bad Batch on Rebellion's Bloom for episode three this week. We continue our comic book journey through film this Friday with Superman 1978, which I'm very excited for you all to hear. Uh, Cannot wait for you all to hear that. Very excited for you guys to keep joining us. Last Friday was Batman 66. We're working our way chronologically through every major release 
from Marvel and DC. So, uh, can't wait for you all to hear that. So, uh, keep coming back for Winter is Blooming. It's very, very popular on our show right now. The most popular every week it comes out right now, which is crazy and a testament to the show. Uh, the fact that our rewatch podcast is more popular than our, our movie coverage mm. or our current show coverage, which is just mm. super cool. Um, if you would Good. head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. I was Colton Robertson and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And power is power. <laughs>